everyone. Welcome back to the podcast. I'm Bree. And I'm Alex. And welcome back to the Damn Strong Podcast. How are we doing today, Alex? We're doing good? great. We uh, Did I tell you how many steps I've racked up the last few days? I don't think I mentioned it to no, you. No, but I'm sure it's insane because you've been doing that. Don't you have a walking pad? Yeah. Or just, so, and you've been doing the bike too. I don't know if you're counting that towards it as well. I'm not really, you know, okay. because my hands stay pretty much stationary. I'm usually working right. on something when I'm biking. Okay. Um, so maybe it tracks a little bit, but definitely not very much. Yeah. Um, and the walking pad under my desk, I've only been doing it for maybe like one hour at a time, Yeah. but it just like, it adds, you know, what three, four, five, six thousand steps, right. Yeah. In just an hour. And yeah. so it's like my steps normally when I'm not like really trying to push them, maybe in a fat loss phase or whatever, around like 7,000, 8,000 per day. Lately, yeah. they have been the last three days, 17,000, 17,500 and 18,500 steps. Oh my gosh. Isn't that insane? That, that actually doesn't surprise me at the same time because all my clients that have walking pads at home, they rack up the 15 pluses yes. almost always. 15 plus is like easy now. Yeah. Easy. Yeah. That is crazy. I have, well, you can see if you're watching on- Yep. YouTube. I always have my walking pad back here. I really, does your desk go up? You have a standing yeah. desk, right? It goes up and down. Yep. That's what I really want to get next Next is a standing desk. That way I can go up and down and not have to pull this out and walk separately. I mean, I guess I could answer like client texts or, or, or DMs or something and do it's that. It's easier when it's just under your desk and like yeah. I slide it in and out, but being able to work at my computer at the same time, it just, yeah. I think for both of us, it would that. make us more efficient, you know, yeah. just be able to do both things at once. What did you, did you just recently get the walking pad? Have you had no, it? No, but, but it's been in Maddie's office and okay. like she, she likes using it pretty much every day, but yeah. I have, like, I really need it when I'm in a fat loss phase so that I can right. just try to eat a little bit more. You know what I mean? So I don't have to yeah. keep cutting calories lower and lower. Right. Um, so yeah, it's been, it's been great. You know, That's awesome. the, the deficit's been pretty low, so I've been pretty hungry. So it's like, I want to walk more so that I can, I hate. I don't want to like send the wrong message. So maybe you can help me like right. word this, but I want to be able to move more so I can eat more. Yeah, you know, I no, don't totally. want to like, I don't want to say like, oh, you have to earn your food or anything like that. But um, yeah, yeah but I mean, I, if, I, you're, if you're more active, you're going to burn more calories. You'll either be farther in de deficit or if you want to stay in a lighter deficit, yeah, you can eat more. Yeah. Yep. I mean, I posted about it before. If you want to increase your metabolism, there's two things you can do or increase your, how many calories you can eat. You have to either weigh more or move yep. more. Yeah. Most people aren't trying to weigh more. And so it's like, well, then you have to move more. I mean, at the end of the day, yeah. it's, it's an energy balance. So yep. I, I like that you specified, like, you don't want to send the wrong signal, but I think most people that listen to our podcast probably know, like, they have a, they have yeah, that's kind of how it works, you know? Yeah. yeah. So have you gone ahead and increased your calories with that? Or are you waiting it out to see kind of how much it changes things for you? You know, I'm okay with being in a very aggressive deficit. This week I was doing like, you know, I made that rope post on like a refeed and right. you know, whatever. We can call it whatever we want. But right. I was just eating more calories, eating closer to maintenance. I was actually still in a deficit yeah. um, based on what my expenditure is. But it was like a hundred calorie deficit instead of being like right now I'm in a huge deficit. I'm yeah. like seven, 800 calorie deficit per day. Yeah. So it's like, I got to have everything really dialed in, you right. know? Yeah. Every meal has to be super lean. I'm getting all my snacks are like high protein snacks. If I'm eating anything, like every yeah. snack is, is a meal, not just a snack, but right. Right. I'm, you know, I'm doing all those things that maybe we could talk about on a future podcast or maybe that yeah. we've talked about in a previous podcast. Well, I honestly, I think it'd be fun for us to do a podcast where you recap your, yeah, your deficit fair. or even like maybe going forward, we kind of just, you talk a little bit about your week and your deficit on the podcast when we start off. So people can kind of follow along either way. I think it'd be good if we just give everyone who's listening, just kind of an insight into your process. 
What's your perspective? Yeah. You know how like uh, people are split, nutrition experts, I guess we'll call that, um, are split on doing the what I eat in a day you yeah. know, kind of posts. Where do you sit on that? I love what do I eat in a day posts. I'm just someone, I'm not very creative when it comes to food. And so if mm. I can get any ideas from people, I really like what I eat in a day because I get ideas for food. That's point blank the reason why I like them. But I can see where people are like, well, that's harmful because you're flexing your abs and you're showing, well, you can get a body like me if you eat this stuff, which I'll be honest, personally, I've never thought that. I've never seen someone flexing their abs and, and thought that, but I'm right. sure there are people that are. And so, yeah, I can see that being harmful, um, but I love them. I don't know what your thought is. Yeah, no, I think it's like any any inherent value that you place on a post is more reflective of, of you as an individual and not the person yeah. who posts it. Yeah. So like if I, you know, and I get it, like, I don't want to send that message. The reason I haven't really done them is because I don't want to send that message of like, oh, if you want to look like me, you have to eat like me because yeah. eating patterns and like choices are so individualized Yeah. Um, that like, you're not just going to eat like a little bit of, like a ham sandwich and all of a sudden like look like me. Like that's not yeah. how that works, yeah. you know? So yeah. um, I don't know, but I, I think, yeah, you know what? I might do them. I, I think you I, should. I've I thought about doing them in the past, but if I did do them, I don't want it to be like this picture perfect, perfect day. You know what I mean? No. Because a lot of my days, they're like, I, I kind of just kind of bandage together a lot of food options that fe- that meet the, the goals that I have. Like yeah. for example, maybe it's, maybe one day I have like, oh, three egg tacos using like an egg life wrap or like a low carb yeah. tortilla. And it's like, yeah. oh, this is a great breakfast. But other days I might just have a protein shake and two Rice Krispie treats. It's like, that's just my reality. So I've almost thought about like, if I do it, I'd want to do like three days. You know what I mean? Just so like, I I think you should, I think you either could, there was a point where I just did, here's a screenshot of what I've eaten over the last week. Mm. And I do like, you know, you can only post like 10 slides in in an Instagram post. So I would put nine meals and just show varieties of what I've eaten. I think there's multiple ways you could do it, but I think that'd be very valuable to everyone. I'm sure everyone listening can agree. That'd be super valuable for people to see like what you're eating, especially because you said you're in a deep deficit. Not only did you say you're in a deeper deficit, you also said some mornings you eat two Rice Krispie treats and a protein shake. I'm sure there's some people out there, they're like, wait a second, he's in an intense deficit. How is he eating two Rice Krispie treats? And I'm sure some of you guys understand it's just about being in a calorie deficit, but I'm sure that'd be very insightful for a lot of people to see. So. Okay. Yeah, I'll probably do that then. Um, how about do you, do you like when people show their numbers, you know, like what their calories are eating? Because again, I don't want to say like, somebody who's 170 pounds like me should be eating at this calories to lose weight. I just personally can't find that where the value lies in showing that number. The okay. only way I can is I remember in my journey, like starting out, it was really nice to see like, oh, wow, this five foot seven, 150 pound female is eating 2400 calories, or she's at 1800 calories in a deficit. Cause then I'm like, I don't have to go 1200. So that was helpful. But then, you know, like you said, you're in a deeper deficit. And so I don't want anyone to get that wrong idea that they have to be that low to lose weight. So it's like, it's just hard. I just don't, that is the only benefit I can see by showing your numbers, but maybe you can think of another, of another one, but I think there's more cons to it in my personal opinion. I get so. that. <clears throat> I'm not sure where I sit on it yet. And and for the people that are listening that like Brie and I are almost debating this. It's like, this is a hot topic among yeah, like nutritionists really and dietitians. So like, should we show what we're eating or should we like shy away from that? Because we don't want to give people the wrong impressions of like, yeah. oh, you have to be eating this or you have to be eating that or anything like that. It's yeah. more of just like an education of like, sometimes we don't eat air quote perfectly, you know, like we are humans, just like you guys. Sometimes I'm tired after a long day and I get takeout. It's just, I tailor that takeout meal to fit 
the calories, the protein, the fiber goals that I'm trying to hit and trying to maximize hunger when I'm in this cut. So yeah, yeah, I probably will talk about it. I probably will honestly just show my calories, my protein, like this is just what it is, you know? Yeah. I think it's also a good insight for everyone to hear like, this is our thought process when we post things. Yeah. Like when we post stuff, it's not like we just rip a post, like maybe sometimes yes, but a lot of times we're like, okay, how is this going to benefit someone? How is this going to hurt someone? Like, yeah. How do I balance that? And then you have to remember, like, you can't help everyone. You can't battle everyone's battles in your post. And so, like, I post stuff on tracking, but tracking could be triggering from someone else. But it's like, but tracking was life changing for me. So it's like, Mm -hmm. where do I draw that line? It's like, I can't fight everyone's battles and what I do. So it's like, you can see me and Alex really think are really thoughtful through our process to make sure we want to help people. But then ultimately we have to decide, okay, where does the benefit outweigh the con? Or does it outweigh good or net bad? Yeah. Yeah. Totally. So, but yeah, that was a good little. That was a little good. We got into today. A little, so. little good thing. Yeah. You yeah. want to jump into the Q and A now? Yep. So we're doing a Q and A this week, and this Q and A is going to be. Alex posted like a Q and A box on his Instagram page, and he said we will answer every single question that comes into this Q and A. So we're gonna go through all of them. Um, there's like twenty something. Twenty two, I think. Twenty two. Yeah. yeah. Um, so we might try to rapid fire some of them. They're like really simple, but we want to make sure we keep this probably under an hour. But we also want to make sure we're answering fully. So this ends up being a really hour and a half long episode. Sorry, but I think it'll probably be worth it for everyone to hear kind of in depth our answers to stuff. So, but we'll Agreed. try to make sure we keep them concise to that's all you need to be hearing and not go on too many tangents. So. Yep. Let's do it. Cool. Awesome. So first one is top items for a home gym for an effective workout. I will let you chat on that one since you have a home gym. Yeah. Okay. So the first thing um, that I would get for sure is adjustable dumbbells. Um, They're going to be like 300 to $400 roughly, but you get anywhere from like five to 52.5 pounds. Um, Both Bowflex and Nuobel are two brands I'd recommend. There are plenty of brands out there, but Bowflex are ones I've had for over a decade. They go 5 to 52.5. Love them. Nuobel are a little bit more expensive. I haven't personally used them and tested them, but they go from, I think, 5 to 70 pounds. Um, and they look, they're kind of like a fancier looking version. Yeah, um, five, 5 to 80 pounds. I just 5 to 80 out. pounds. It's well, super. Look really su- fancy. Yeah, they look really yeah. nice. Um, N-U-O-B-E-L-L, Nuobel. Yep. Um, not sponsored, obviously, but... Um, would love to be if you guys are listening to a bell. Okay. So then adjustable dumbbells, adjustable bench. Honestly, the brand of adjustable bench doesn't really matter. In my opinion, I think you could get anything from like a hundred to $150 and you're in good shape. If you are a power lifter, then yeah, get like a $300 bench, but otherwise that's going to be overkill. The benefit to like a really heavy bench is that it doesn't move. It doesn't wiggle as much. So like I have a very, very heavy bench, but it's because I bench press heavy loads and can't have any uh, wobble. Yeah. So adjustable dumbbells, adjustable bench, that would be like my ground zero. Did you say, did you specify why specifically adjustable dumbbells? I don't know mm, if you said why. No, I like, didn't why say not why. not just do regular wanna... dumbbells, why adjustable? Yeah. Do you want to fill that in or do you want me to? I don't mind. Sure. Yeah. I was just going to say, I'm, I'm assuming the reason you're recommending that is like one, it just takes up way less space because yeah. you're not having, if you're having five to 80 pound dumbbells, I mean, that's I don't know how many sets of dumbbells it is, but that's a lot of sets of dumbbells. So many. That would take up a lot of space. And probably the amount of money that you would spend on each individual set of dumbbells is the same amount you'd spend on Bowflex dumbbells. Way more. Really more? Because the the new bell said it's $765. You probably would spend more than that for five to 80. 
Absolutely. Yeah. You'd spend so way just more. it makes sense to get the adjustable because one, you save space and then two, you're actually going to be saving money by doing that. Yeah. And if you think that like, oh, well, I just have like a five, eight, 10 and 15. It's like if you're serious about lifting and I'm not saying serious like you want to get like me, I'm saying serious like you plan on lifting consistently for the next three months, you will outgrow those five, tens, eights, twelves, whatever you got. You're going to need 20. If you, even if you don't feel strong yet, you will probably need twenties, thirties and beyond for rows, dumbbell rows for your back. Um, you're going to need it maybe for, for some pressing and you're definitely going to need it for your legs. Your legs are strong. Both men and women listening to this, your legs are strong. You can handle a lot. If you can pick up a human child, you can pick up heavier than a 15 pound dumbbell. Seriously. Very true. Yeah. Um, Okay. So next, so yeah, adjustable dumbbells, adjustable bench. Those are two I'd recommend. The next thing I'd recommend is a set of bands or, you know, some, some kind of band thing, especially one with a door anchor. These are going to be like, what, like 20 bucks on Amazon. You're not talking about booty bands. You're talking about the ones that are like, you could pull with and like, they have like a D handle attached to them. Yes. Um, yeah, these are gonna be like 20, 30 bucks on Amazon. They open up the exercise selection quite a bit, especially for rowing and pulling motions and things like that. Um, extensions for our, you know, curls for arms, stuff like that. Um, all right, next I would recommend if you have a bigger budget, I'd go with a cable machine. Costco has a cable machine. that's like 12, $1,300. Other cable machines are going to be like 2k plus. Um, the Costco one, if you're running out of weight, you can get a weight attachment, uh, or like more weight plates, or you can get a gym pin, which allows you to put plates over top. So you're good on that. If you have even more money and more space, then I would get a leg extension leg curl. Um, I have one of those. Plate loaded is great. Uh, Titan Fitness has one for 700 I believe. Um, if you use that, shoot me a DM. I'll show you how to rig it up that uh, we can make it. Don't even worry about it. If you get one, shoot me a DM. I'll, sh- yeah. I'll send you a video on what to do. Um, and then I guess if you had even more money, the last thing that I would get is a hack squat leg press combo machine. These yeah. are just like... Brie used one when she was over here and it's like, it's just nice to have. Yeah, it really is. All those combo machines are so nice and all of those two things combo so well together. So yeah. Um, Squat wedges, I think is a small accessory, 50, 60 bucks. That would be really great. Um, Adding a heel elevation allows you to get more knee flexion, which is great for the quads. Yeah. Um, And then, oh, I, you know, I I glossed over this, but a barbell and a squat rack, you know, I don't, I personally don't program like barbell bench press, barbell back squats, things like that. But um, barbell Romanian deadlifts, barbell stiff leg deadlifts, pretty nice. But I honestly think like a barbell and squat rack is falling farther down my priority list. The fact that you mentioned it last and almost kind of forgot about it, I think just shows like you can have such a great at-home setup with not even a rack and think about how much space like a rack will take up too. In addition to like the the, the different... um, machines and stuff but yeah I'm, I'm a former power lifter and i just glossed over a barbell like yeah. who am i yeah, <laughs> yeah. So would I think, you say well go, oh, ahead. go ahead go ahead i was gonna say what would you say is the absolute bottom basic you would need for an effective workout adjustable dumbbells and a, probably a bench we could get or away with just it. Adu- adju- adjustable just, just adjustable yeah. dumbbells but i think like if you can get a bench it's nicer you know i'm thinking yeah. like let's say like something like a row, right? You can support yourself doing a single arm row. You could do chest supported rows, you know, a bench press, like your elbows are going to hit the ground if you're on the floor, but you're going to get a lot farther. You get a full range of motion on the chest if you have a bench. So it's like, 
I think if you're going to get adjustable dumbbells, get an adjustable bench. Boom. There yeah, you go. I agree. Yeah. I think the point to make though, with all the different variations that we talked about is like, if you are going, only going to invest in dumbbells and a bench, you're just going to have to realize like your selection of exercises is going to be really, really narrow, yep. but you can get really strong and build good muscle with those same exercises over and over and over again for years. Yep. Just know if you're one of those people that gets bored, you're probably going to get bored pretty quickly, but then you have to balance that. Like, okay, what are my goals versus like being bored? And so it's like the more things you get, the more variety you can have and the more potentially effective some things can be. Um, but yeah, I think at basis for a, a, home gym, an effective workout, you could easily just like you said, have dumbbells. And I think at least having a bench, cause that helps a little bit. Like you said, with the bench press, like you could lay on the floor, but then your arms stop when you hit the floor. Yeah. So it'd be nice to just have a bench. And I think also pressing you know, at I've different been, angles, like, yeah, you can totally use a chair, angles. like you can sit for something, you can use a chair, but then like comes to sure. laying down, you're kind of limited on that. So 45 degrees, 30 degrees, like you're right. going to want True. pressing at those angles. You yeah. Know. Yeah. It's not like a need. It's just like, could be nice. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. All right. Next one. Um, next one's a fun one. Oreo flavor you would want to bring into the world. My audience knows me. Let me just say that. Uh, my <laughs> audience knows me. Um, yeah. So I saw this one and I was like, dang, I have to think about this, man. And it took me less than a quarter of a second after I said that. And I realized it's not something I would bring into the world. It's something I would bring back into oh, the world. Okay. It is an Oreo flavor that has already uh, been released and taken away from me. And I'm just furious about it. They came out, I think it was summer of 2015, I think. Oh, I can't um, know what year. They, You're a true connoisseur of the vintages of Oreos. I could, I could go back into my Amazon history and look up when I bought <laughs> them. Um, so I got them from the grocery store. I got them from Meyer, which is a Midwest grocery chain. And they were a chocolate chip Oreo cookie dough or chocolate chip cookie dough Oreo. Huh. Okay. Uh, chocolate cracker and then chocolate chip cookie dough. There were like little tiny chunks of chocolate Ooh. chips in like this cookie dough cream. Yeah. I'm saying it was an absolute 10 out of 10. I don't believe an 11 out of 10 because that breaks the scale but if if we are going well, was that it that scale, good that it broke the scale literally yes it was so yeah. good that i had to like reclassify other oreos because in retrospect that. because of it That's yes so funny. it has set the benchmark for what a perfect oreo can be and hmm. so it just so far like changed the oreo perspective and landscape yeah that it's it's t it, nothing has come close like in terms of oreos nothing has come close okay. um yeah, it was so crazy. I'll, I'll keep it. I'll keep it brief. But I bought like you know two three packs. I didn't have much money back then. I was yeah. working minimum wage, and uh, so I bought like two three packs. It's basically all I could afford, and I ate them within like two days. And then yeah. I bought three more on Amazon, which I got. I had to wait for a paycheck. That's yeah. how you know things were yeah. going. Um, I had to wait for a paycheck of like eighty dollars that I made that week, and I spent like forty on that on overpriced Oreos because they weren't oh selling gosh. them on the stores anymore. Yeah. So they all get shipped to my house. I said, "All right, I'm gonna eat one. I'm gonna save the the next for like next month, and then the third one I'm gonna save for like six Special months occasions. a year. Well, yeah, no, yeah. six months a year. Never open it. Resell it on Amazon. Make all my money back." <laughs> I every one of those bitches in two days, all three packs were going oh forty eight hours. <laughs> oh my gosh. I love that. I love yeah. that. 
so that's that's, so that's the one I'd bring back. What about you, Oreo flavor? I'll be honest, no Oreo flavor has ever beat beaten the original Oreo flavor. Double I'm stuff, such... regular stuff. What do you think? Oh, double stuffed. I really yeah. like mega stuffed a lot, but oh no, no, I too love, much stuff. I do love the, I love the mega stuff, but I like I think I like double stuff better. Um, the ratio but... of cracker to cream is so much better. If I could just have a jar of the cream, I would eat it with a spoon. Like I just mm. love the cream so mm. much. Um, but n- there's no flavor that has beaten original. So I just don't know if I, there's a, I can't think of a flavor I'd want to bring because Oreo is just the ultimate flavor to me. So I don't know, but I'm Very not quite reasonable. the connoisseur like you are, like you are. So I don't know. Yeah, but, That's fair. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. Next one is superset ideas. Um, this wasn't very specific, so it wasn't like towards upper or lower. So maybe we just kind of talk a little bit about supersets and how you'd go about picking how to maybe pair them. And so you can get the ideas yourself is kind of how I was thinking of addressing this question. Yeah. I've got a few different things that I want to touch on here. Okay. So first and foremost, supersets are in my opinion right now, um, of everything I've read and everything, supersets are nothing more than a time-saving technique. So they allow right, right. us to get more, but there's no inherent value of doing them from a physiological perspective of like, oh, this will help my muscle grow faster. More muscle. They right. are, and in the context of like a vacuum, right? Now, if we're right. looking at like, oh, it allows the person to do more volume because they're very limited on time, then supersets can be great. So right. I'm just going to continue with that thought right yeah. um yeah. just wanted to add that in there now there are a few supersets that i do like because they are almost like an intensity technique where you can almost like squeeze a little bit more juice out of an orange kind of a thing yeah it's like you squeeze it with your hand and then you bring in this machine that grinds down to a pulp and that's kind yeah. of how i see some supersets that i do yep. is like i am programming this in an intensity way to squeeze more out of my muscle so yep. One of them that I really love, I don't know if you've ever done it, but it is, I posted about it before. I made a reel about it and it was yeah. so painful. It is uh, leg extension. To goblet squats? Not to goblet squats. Okay. Uh, leg extension, which trains the rec femoris in a shortened right. position. Yeah. And then sissy squats. You, d- I was about to say, you did freaking you, sissy you've, squats. You, you've seen this video because I remember, I think yes, you like commented. You're like, oh my God. It, That's that... probably the most brutal superset I've ever seen yeah. someone do. Because you yeah. went from, I mean, destroying your quads to literally, I, I feel like the sissy squat is the ultimate, like it, it biases the quad pretty much entirely entirely yes. out of any other exercise there is out there. So you just went from hitting your quads really hard to picking an exercise that one, obviously how it's working in, in the length and position, but then two, I mean, just picking the most isolated quad exercise you could possibly pick. Yeah. Uh, yeah. like outside of like a leg extension where you're just like, you're locked in place. So all you can do is swing the leg up Yeah, like sissy squat. You could cheat and use the glutes a little bit if your hips sure. aren't fully extended. Right. Um, but like, oh my God, man, that is brutal. So that's one that I love. Yeah. Another one I love is I've been doing hack sissy squats, sissy squats on the hack squat machine. Yeah. And I take that to failure and then I will do sissy squat eccentrics. Mm-hmm. And obviously you're strong in the eccentric. So I control it on the eccentric. Then I pull my hips back in and drive up with a regular hack squat. And I keep doing yeah. that until failure. That one oh sucks. Oh my gosh. Um, I do a drop set, which is kind of like a superset, except you drop the yeah. weight. Um, it's not a different exercise, but heel elevated dumbbell squats. I grab very heavy dumbbells. You and I did this one together at my gym. Yeah, we did. Yeah. Um, 
you know, do as many as you can. I like to get about like 10, 11 ish. I weighed them very heavy and I dropped the weight and do those body weight to failure. That's technically a drop set, not a super set, but you know, semantics sort of here. Yeah. Yeah. I know what you mean. Um, other than that, like I think general principles of supersets for time saving techniques that won't interfere with other muscle growth, at least not to a huge degree would be any antagonist muscles. So I'm thinking biceps, triceps, quads, hamstrings, chest, back, you know, like things that aren't going to interfere with each other. What I wouldn't do is something like a a bench press into a skull crusher because the bench press, you're already extending your arm. You're already using the tricep. If you were to go into a tricep, you know, skull crusher, like a tricep exercise, it's like, um, you're probably losing out on gains. The other thing that I consider is like, if you are looking to absolutely optimally grow muscle and time is not, you know, a concern, I would get rid of any supersets. They are probably going to be inferior from strictly a muscle growth perspective. Yeah, I agree. As long as time is, you know, again, if time is an issue, then supersets are going to be great. But if time is not an issue, don't do them. Yeah. I think, I think like, just like you said, you have to, you have to first consider what your purpose is behind the superset. Are you trying to save time? Are you trying to squeeze the orange a little bit more? Um, I, another way I've used supersets before too, is like, if I have a cable machine, I will do, you know, I'll do anta- antagonistic. Is that the right term? Yeah. Uh, like, uh, opposing. Yeah. Opposing. There we go. That's a better word. Um, yeah, I'll do opposing. antagonistic, antagonistic muscles. The right. I didn't know right if that was a term. word. I knew antagonist, yeah. but okay. Um, I'll do opposing muscles where I'll do, you know, tricep, um, or cross cable tricep extensions and I'll go to a facing away cable curl yep. because I don't, I already have this machine and it's like, I want to hit the biceps this way. And it's like, I don't want to lose the machine. So, and yeah. I don't want to be taking the machine from someone for a really long time. So again, I guess it's like I said, a time saver. And so I'll do that too for supersetting exercises as well versus having a straight set of extensions and a straight set of bicep curls where I'll be taking the only cable machine from someone from the gym for a longer time. So yeah. think of the first thing about what your purpose is behind the supersets. Um, and then from there, that's kind of how you create your ideas. I know in this question, she's wanting us to give it her ideas. And I think you, you gave her some. She, but But yeah. So, yeah, sorry. She, he, I'm not sure who it is on. The you don't question. know who it is. Yeah. 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 yeah sorry. Um, so you think about your purpose and I think most people are doing supersets probably for a time saver. Um, like I think more, more so coaches that think about like, let's squeeze it out a little bit more. Yeah. Um, but the biggest thing, if you're going to do it for time saving, I would advise, I think like you advise to do opposing muscles yep, if you're going to be pairing them together. So, yeah. and I, and I also want to say that like, I would not feel like you have to do what I do. Um, I want to be really clear on that. Like this squeezing of the orange that I'm doing, like, I think even Brie can attest that like I train differently and like, yeah. this isn't like, I mean, yes, I do sort of wear that as a badge of honor. Yeah. Um, but I train with an intensity that like most people do not need to touch for years yeah. and years and years and years. It's like, I've gotten to a point where, and, and, and also when I'm training to such a high intensity, it's because my training volume is very low. And yeah. so like, I'm not doing four sets of this, like leg extension sissy squat i'm doing two tops and that might be the only leg thing or like the only quad thing i do that day yeah like if you're doing split squats hex squats leg press leg extension don't throw this superset on top of that and be like oh yeah i'm just gonna torch my quads your muscles can only adapt from so much they can only recover from so much doing more is almost always not the answer it's doing it better it's doing it more efficiently but it's not just like more 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 is not always better yeah, but I like that you pointed out that you train that intensely where you're going from a leg, uh, the hack squat to sissy squats 
because right now in your training volume, it's lower. So then you're kicking up the intensity yeah. and doing things that would literally probably bring other people to tears when they're performing them, you know, because yeah. you yeah. want to increase the intensity that much. I, the last time I did that superset, I did cry. Yeah. I'm serious. It was yeah. like so painful that I was I writhing too. around on the ground, like a burning worm in the sun. Yeah. I think brutal. maybe the last thing I could think of like a super set, I know we're talking about ideas, but this is just thought is like, I don't know. There's sometimes where we're doing it. My um, group training for this mezzo is after we do leg extensions, we just do one set at the very end of like a goblet squat. And you can do this body weight, honestly, just body weight squats till absolute failure. Yeah. And that's just fun because like the, the amount of blood that just pools. In yes. Your you get that pump. So yeah. Satisfying. Oh it's God. Like, yeah. Truly, honestly, like there's not a huge benefit to, to, I mean, I guess you could argue a little bit, but there's not Theoretically, a huge benefit. Theoretically, there might be. Theoretically, yeah. you might be, a, you, you might be genius programming. Like theoretically, yeah. you could be five years ahead of the curve right now. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, I think you could argue that like, okay, I'm having everyone push to absolute failure. And so yeah. there's benefits to that for muscle yes. building, but also it's one set at the very, very end. Most of that benefit is going to come from like, oh, this feels so good to have the blood right. pool in my Psychologically, quads. it might be more and psychological. I, psychologically than... beneficial. Yeah. But it's also just fun. So I think sometimes you can superset some things. And I don't, we even talk about the definition of a superset. A superset is basically oh, where right. you just pair <laughs> two yeah, pair two exercises back to back. And there's multiple ways you can do that. Like we said, you can do opposing uh, muscles. You can do non-opposing muscles. What's the term for that? Agonist. The term? A yeah, whatever. Non-opposing ones. Um, and then you can just make it fun. You know what I mean? And just like torch yourself at the very, very end. So yeah, cool. Um, next one, another fun question. If you could have a celeb client, who would you want to have? Uh, I, I um, I think for me, I'm going to say Ryan Reynolds. Why? I think that I just think that like me and him would mesh really well, you know, yeah. like, um, if you see him in like Deadpool, like I like his dry humor a lot, not just yeah. in Deadpool, you know, I've watched, um, just other things that he's done. I yeah. like the way he carries himself. I like the way he treats people uh, from, you know, I've never met him, but like from yeah. an outside perspective, I like the way he ha has his hands in different businesses. Yeah. So it would be as much about like, and, and I think that he wouldn't be somebody who's like really whiny and complaining about it. Like he would show up, get the work done. It'd be a fun client and I'd be looking to learn a lot from him. Um, yeah. So that would be like somebody that not only that I would love to train like a professionally, but that I would love to just like meet and pick their Be brain around. for an hour. Yeah. I, I, would, I, I like surrounding myself with people that I view that are better than me. And he's, you know, I hate to say somebody well, better you than know, me or I worse just, than me. I'm better <laughs> than you. you know? Yeah. That's why, that's why you're here. <laughs> yeah. um, but I, I do like, you know, being around people that push me and like, you are one of those people that push me. And um, so similar people that are great and trying to be, you know, even greater. It's like, yeah. that inspires me and it, it pushes me to be like, you know, I, I got to just keep pushing, be bigger, be better, be smarter, learn more. That. Yeah, I love that. What yeah, I think you? for my answer, this was hard because I'm really not sure to be honest, but I mean, my initial thought was, and hear me out the reason I'm saying this person okay. would be like Kim or Khloe Kardashian. And the reason sure. why is because I want to take someone that's super, super body influential, mm. get them to be strong and create a different narrative around like, what's the, what is acceptable in society for a female body. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so like, you know, I don't really know how that is. I don't know if they would actually be the best people to do that. Um, but I'm just like, I want someone who's just really influential in 
maybe and maybe not i was gonna say influential and just kind of like the body image space and yeah. have them and again this would be and that with the understanding that they would even want to build muscle like that and train but it's like if i could have it my way and train someone um or have a celeb client it would probably be someone that's very influential in creating all these waves of body image stuff because it's like if i could have that impact on them then they could impact the masses and i think that would just be my ultimate dream if i have a celeb client does so. does I mean I kind of have a celeb client right now. Can I name drop? Yeah, of course you can. Her name her name is Danielle McClellan. She's a <laughs> Danielle the dietitian yeah, on she Instagram. Is a celeb. She's got half a million followers, and uh, yeah, I'm her trainer. So you know it's a pretty big deal. Um, I guess like if I could read yeah, this so, question, it would be Danielle. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Alex already has a celeb celeb client at this point. So. <laughs> No, I think, I think your answer is really cool. She is. She's a great client. And like, she does a lot for body positivity and things like that. And like encouraging women to be strong. She's actually a really great point that she is with her own journey, really creating a different narrative for being strong. She's going through a bulk. Like she's gone through a bulk. She's gone. And it's like, it's so cool to see that. And she's always so like, you know, moms, women, we should be getting strong. We should. And and I just, I really like that perspective from her. Yeah. Um, The Kardashians, have you seen their training footage? I've watched every single episode of the Kardashians ever. I love the Kardashians. Okay. So I haven't seen any episodes or anything like that. I've just seen yeah. clips of them training. And they, oh, let me just say, painful. let me just say they could use you. They could yeah. really, I, yeah. they it's, could it's, use your help. It's it's painful. And then it's, I mean, they actually used to get trained by, um, gosh, what was her name? Her name's um, Mel. I think it's Get Fit Mel is her handle. And she is like bodybuilder-esque. Like she is a badass she is Mm. so cool and she's very much has the aesthetic and mindset that you and i do Mm -hmm. and she used to train the kardashian she doesn't anymore and that's how she actually her her platform grew is because she was their trainer oh yeah but i think at the end of the day like kind of to my point of like i would have to change the mindsets of them and they would have to desire that physique and they probably just don't that's a whole journey that you have to go on that's just a whole journey of itself another one that i thought of that i can't believe because this was a dream of mine for so many years is i wanted to train ufc fighters like, really? Yeah. Like that's it, cool. Yeah. I did jujitsu for a year and I really wanted to do MMA much to yeah. my parents dismay. Um, and like, so I was like at an MMA gym, I was doing jujitsu classes there and yeah. like, I was kind of like flirting with the idea, you know, like who do I talk to about signing up and you know, yeah. kind of this stuff. I'm glad I didn't, you know, yeah. in retrospect, like no disrespect to anybody who is pursuing that. It's just, I, yeah. I'm happy to be using my brain, you know, and not getting punched in the head. I mean, I feel like yeah. that's not that yeah. polarizing of a topic. It's like, yeah, yeah, you don't really want to get punched in the head yeah. repeatedly. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, uh, but like training one of that, like I, I, I haven't missed a UFC fight card in like 10 years. Like I wow. watch every single one. Um, and so like training a UFC fighter, that would be like a dream come true for me for sure. Yeah. Who would you want to, okay. This is kind of with the question if you could train with a celeb, who would you want to train with? Like you're, you used to train Ryan Reynolds yeah. and maybe you want to work out with him, but like, is there, an, and it, it probably would maybe be the same, but is there anyone that you're like, man, I just love to work out with this person. Mm. Your answer was kind of along those lines. You wanted to be around someone and talk to them and all that. So maybe the same answer for you. You know? Yeah, it is still Ryan Reynolds. Like I still want to okay. train with that person, but yeah. I think like actually Jeff Nippard, um, and that's somebody who's yeah. like potentially realistic for me in the next like yeah. three to five years, you know, depending on like what my trajectory is, depending on what I do, I could potentially hit a workout with him. And so maybe yeah. someday I'll be showing this to Jeff. So if I am, <laughs> what up, Jeff? I guess I called <laughs> it right back in 2023. Yeah. Um, 
but yeah, he was somebody who was really influential for me. Like I followed his programs when I first got started, like yeah. five, six. For those who don't know, he's just like huge in like, I guess you could say bodybuilding-esque powerlifting world. Very yeah. science-based, evidence-based yep. approach guy. That's big, huge. Big on YouTube, like yeah. very science forward. I said like five years ago. Turns out it was like 10, 11, 12 years ago that I was following his programs. Yeah, Where was the wild. time gone? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so that would be really cool to get a workout in with him. Yeah. Um, yeah. He's somebody I look up to for sure. And I'm really like thankful to him. You know, he doesn't know who I am. He doesn't know my name, but yeah. really thankful to him for like helping steer me down this road. Yeah, totally. Nice. Right, I think if, I think if I, well, I was sound to say mine, Oh yeah, yeah which I yours. feel cheesy saying this one, but I really want to train with the rock and go to the iron paradise. You know, what's funny is I was actually going to say anybody, but the rock. I'm serious. Like because that came he to does, my mind. I, because his training's horrible. Well, like, be, yeah, like I don't even mind. Oh, yeah, doing, I watched like, him his training and I cringe to be honest. Yeah, right. I think he does a lot of junk volume and like, I guess my issue with the rock is that he is so vehemently saying that like he's never taken steroids yeah i know when that is such a farce like I know. what a I joke know. and so I you're know. like deluding all these teenagers and like i know that just i still really... just want to go to iron paradise it just would be like so i don't know it would i don't be know cool. it would be cool. just be kind of cool so yeah. i just don't just like that he doesn't admit that he's on steroids you know? i agree i agree with that look at him he's so on steroids I know. Like I know, I know. I shouldn't be saying these things. I'll say I'm sub unsubstantiated, and I'm really sorry. But like, I never want to accuse like somebody of taking the, steroids. But like, yeah, I also don't like that he has the cheat days. Like every Sunday, he has his cheat day yeah, meals, and like I'm just not a fan it's of doing kind of dichotomizing like, food. There and, are problems I have with the Rock for sure in his philosophy yeah. behind things. But it's just yeah. like at the end of the day, I'm like, man, like just train with him and go to the iron paradise and like, just go through a grueling workout with him would just be like fun. And he seems like a really nice guy. He seems right? like a nice guy. This is not a, the rock. So, podcast. Yeah. And we then like Sage, hating. I mean, that was Sage's like ultimate, like first probably person he ever saw. Like those really look up to. So, like, and yeah. Yeah. So Sage loves the rock too. That's cool. So, you know, That's but cool. yeah. Yeah. Anyways, we'll wrap up there. I'm going to go to the next one. Um, next uh, question is, can you increase your maintenance oh. calories and how interesting. Talked I talked about, about that at the beginning. Yeah. 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 Um, I guess I'll go with this one. So the only way that you can increase your maintenance calories is by weighing more or moving more. So if you or eating more protein, it'll be marginal. Yes, but it's gonna be yeah, but it's gonna be very marginal. Okay, it'll sure, be I'll marginal, but sure. Okay. <laughs> so let's talk about the first thing is like, you know, your your metabolism or how many calories you burn in a day is determined first off and firm first most. I don't think that's how you say that. Whatever. Nope, first you got of it. All, yep. Okay. <laughs> one more time talking this morning. Um, is how you know your height uh, your, your weight, how big you are as a person. And so yeah. if you want to eat more calories, you have to get bigger. And so you can't increase your height. Like you're not going to grow anymore. So the only way to physically make your body bigger is to gain weight. And you can do that through muscle. You can do it through body fat. If you want to do it right here and right now, like as soon as possible, you're going to gain fat faster than you're going to gain muscle. And so if you wanted to increase your metabolism, you just simply have to weigh more. If you don't want to weigh more per se, the other way would be is that you just have to move more. So go get more steps, you could go and do formal cardio, just getting any type of movement throughout your day more is actually probably going to be the biggest mover. It'd probably be better if you increased your step and overall activity throughout the day versus having a dedicated 30 minute spin cycle. And I mean, you Agreed. could do that and that would increase how many calories you'd need, but you probably make sort a bigger, of. do what? I just want to add a, a, like a limiter here of like, sort of, there is going to be a compensatory effect to yes. the higher intensity cardio that you do. There's going to be potentially a higher degree of 
compensation. And so like, let's say you go for like a a two mile run, but you are going balls to the wall hard on it. Like the rest of the day, you may be a couch potato. You might be a couch potato because of that. And so like steps are a very low intensity, like walking, I should say specifically is a very low intensity. And so because of that, there, there might be less of a compensatory effect in terms of your energy expenditure. Just wanted to add that in. Yeah. A hundred percent agree. Alex is completely right. So you could go and be like, well, I don't want to add more steps. I just want to do an hour of cardio every single day. It's like, that's cool. But then are you a couch potato for the rest of the day? And so it actually just evens out. And so, like I was saying, the better use of your time is figuring out how can I move more? How can I get more steps? Should I get up? you know, every hour while I'm sitting at my desk and just walk around the office for two minutes or something and and moving it. So that's, that's really it. Unless you have anything else to add is how can you increase your maintenance calories or can you? Yes. And how move more or weigh more? Those are your, your, or, or, or increase protein. I mean, the difference of going from like 60 grams of protein to like 140 grams of protein could be pretty significant. Um, any cal, any food that we eat, whether it's carbs, fats, proteins, um, they all have a different thermic effect, meaning right. they take more energy, more or less energy to digest, process, and utilize in the body. Protein has the highest uh, thermic effect, roughly like 20, 30%, whereas carbs and fats are like five to 10%. Yeah. Um, and so it's like, will this add up in a very massive way? but like it'll help. And it's also not going to be a bad thing to get in like a little bit more protein. If you're currently under eating, if you wanted to squeeze out all your options could definitely go for more protein, but if you're already hitting that protein or you don't care to increase your protein, um, then I would go with the way more, move more. It's it's one of the things that I'm doing like to squeeze a little bit more, you know, out of this deficit is like, I've increased my protein from like 140, 150 grams to like 200 to 240 ish per day. Yeah. It's a lot of but protein, that's, but that's also with behind you have everything else in check too. I have everything yes. else so yeah. lasered in got, that that's like yeah. one that I wouldn't worry about for a lot of people. Yeah. Alex is like going to the nth degree and like squeezing yes. everything he can. So like, if you're not doing all the other things, then don't Do those worry first. about this hit, yet. Hit those 8, if you're at 2000 steps, going to 8,000 will be life changing. Yeah. Literally life changing. Compared to increasing your protein by 50 grams, you would yeah. much be better uh, dependent. I mean, if you're at like 10 grams, increasing it by 50 would be life changing. Yeah, if you're at 50, increasing it by to 100, probably like actually not even probably. Well, we could talk about like you being more satiated and satisfied. Yep. I mean, there's so many yep. things, but it's like I think for me personally, for the sake of this question, way more, move more, and then yeah. once you do that, then we can squeeze out some other things. And if you're already sure. doing those things, increase those things more, and then you could dial in with more protein. But yep. For me, I'm not a big protein person in general. I literally I hit my that. my number and I move on. I, w- I probably wouldn't really want to increase protein. For me personally, yeah. you're- I get it. Tw- yeah. I, I wouldn't no. want to eat like 225, 230 grams of protein every day personally. Yeah. It's only because I'm in a really aggressive cut that I'm yeah. doing that. But yeah. like, dude, bowls and bowls and bowls of cottage cheese sometimes. It's just yeah. like- Oh, yeah yeah totally <laughs> like 11 totally. p.m i'm eating another bowl of cottage cheese yeah. <laughs> my gosh um okay next one is do you recommend physical therapy yes yes i think it depends for what but no. yeah i mean does it i don't know like i think it does i think if you don't need it then you don't need oh, to go to physical fair. therapy yeah yeah very like fair. I, I think if you're just your average joe blow and you're just like working out and you're healthy and whatever like do you need a weekly physical therapy session no but if you have like injuries and issues. Absolutely. Yep. I, I, I think physical therapist, I think physical therapist over a chiropractor, in my personal opinion, I was sure. going to, I was going to touch on that. Actually, yeah. I was going to say hot take, uh, stop seeing your chiropractor. Yeah, I would 
very much rather you go see a physical therapist than a chiropractor. Yes, because cranky backy doesn't really do anything outside of a. Uh, okay, let's say let's say Bree's toe hurt or something. Let's say let's say her spine hurt. You know what? You know what I could do. I could take a hammer and smash her finger and now her back is not hurting so yeah. bad anymore. And so what we're doing is done. like, yeah, exactly. It's like, yeah. an, it's an acute effect. It's a, what is it? Short-term analgesic, I think is what, what the. Maybe I'm not good anyway, at big words. So it's fine. Um, Dr. Aaron Kubal is somebody I would be looking at for if you're like, Oh wait, no, but chiropractic helps me so much. And like, that's totally great. That's totally, totally great. Dr. Aaron Kubal is a chiropractor that recommends not going to a chiropractor. I would, <laughs> I would yeah. look at his stuff. He backs up every single claim with a mountain of evidence. Yeah. Um, I don't know. My brother-in-law is a chiropractor. And so like, I, I don't want to get into all that, but I wouldn't recommend a chiropractor. Well, and what I also like about physical therapy, or if you're looking at physical therapists, find one that has some type of like I don't want to say gym attached, but like equipment, because yep. when I've worked with a physical therapist in the past, what's nice is like, Hey, I'm having pain when I'm doing this movement, they try to relieve the pain or figure out what's going on. And then they have me do that movement to see if it's now gone, which and try I don't to strengthen ever, it back up. Which exactly. I don't ever see, and I could be wrong. There might be some chiros out there that do know to do that, but I've never seen a chiro really do that. And physical therapists are really working on fixing the problem where I find, and again, if anyone's a Cairo listening to this, I'm not trying to, you know, shit talk you or whatever, but it seems like it's more of a short term. You have to come every single week, get your back cracked because I have to put you back into alignment. Like, you know? There's no, there's no, there's no alignment. People yeah. just have different shaped spines. Let yeah. me just say that like if a chiropractor who weighs somewhere in the neighborhood of 130 to 250 pounds, let's just say that's a wide range. Yeah. That's how much yeah. they weigh. If they can move your spine with their hands, yeah. let me say this. Let me just say this, that every NFL lineman, linebacker, every person who's ever played in the NFL would die on first impact. If yeah. somebody who is able to just put a little pressure on your spine and twist your spine and yeah. air quote, put it back in alignment, that's not yeah. a thing. Yeah. That's not a thing. They're not realigning your spine. Yeah. There, there's gases inside of your joints that when you move them, it's like the same thing. I could probably do it right there. Yeah. Oh, there's another. Oh, should we all just if pop you, our? Yeah, wrist? if you could hear that, that was me popping my thumbs and my yeah. my wrists and stuff like oh, that. I can hear it. Yeah. So it's like these things aren't helping you in the long run. They might yeah. feel good. It's like, oh yeah, you know, a little release and stuff like that. Yeah. But they're not they're not realigning your joints. Anyways, I don't yeah. really no. want to get on that tangent. No, you're fine. And I, I mean, my point to that is like, if that was the case, like, why are we not fixing that problem in the first place? Like, I agree. We're not realigning anything, but it's like, that's just not the approach they take. Even if it was an alignment, let's just say let's toots and giggles that was, why are we not solving the source of it? Why are we just popping it back in place and then not figuring out where the source that's coming from yeah. when it's not? So but I'm very much pro physical therapy. Do we recommend one? Yes. If you're having issues, go. Yep. And oh, and I mean, if you're in the States, you got to, you know, see if it's covered on your insurance and all that stuff. And it's a whole mess. It's if you can, though, mess. what's again, nice about physical therapy is there's an end goal to the date. And so it's like, I think that's what's really nice about physical therapy versus Cairo is Cairo. It seems like you are just going in every week for infinity and beyond. You have to figure out a way to afford it. Physical therapy, there's typically an end in sight. So if it isn't covered by your insurance, trying to save up some money, figuring out a way to be like, okay, let me ask long-term how long they think this will take and then can try and make that work out of pocket. So I'm also, I, I think that there was a study that looked at like the maintenance care of a chiropractor, like, is it needed? And the study came to the consensus of no, unfortunately I can't just like summon this, but Dr. Yeah. Aaron Kubal, that'd be somebody I'd look at if you're curious. Anyway, on to the next. We probably need to speed things up. A we need to speed things up. Yeah. We need to well, speed things up. Maybe. 
Yeah, because we talked a little bit before we got on the podcast, so the time that we're looking at may not be accurate. But anyways, we'll go on to the next one. Yes, get a get a physical therapist if you need it. Next one. Um, okay, it was typed a little funny, so I think I'm going to paraphrase it, but basically it says, does creatine lose its effectiveness the longer it sits once you've made it, not drinking it, that you're not drinking it right away? So my understanding of this question is that if you put creatine in like your water and you let it sit for 24 hours, does it lose its effectiveness as it sits in the water? My, I mean, my I answer would be no. Think so. I don't think so at all. I don't have any like studies to back that up, but I don't see any reason why it would lose its effectiveness I, if it's I, dissolved in water and sitting. There. I do not think so. No. Yeah. And and as far as like shelf life, like I think they have expirations on there, but I don't know if that. I, I don't. I don't. I don't know. No, I would. Um, I I could. I think I'd bet my left arm that it doesn't. So yeah. I think you're fine. So, um, next one. When do you need to? When do you know you need to go from maintenance to a cut? Um, maintenance to a cut. Interesting. I guess when you're just looking in the mirror and you just feel like it's time or either yep. that and, uh, you know, you're like, ah, oh, I want to be a little bit leaner. Um, maybe, maybe if you're just, maybe you're just tired of eating. Yeah. Maybe you have some negative health effects. Maybe, you know, that, that being a lower body fat percentage could help, um, yeah. or getting, I, I should say not lower, but getting into a healthier body fat percentage. That's yeah. probably a better way to word it. Yeah. Um, because you're and at maintenance you're just... at an unhealthy body fat percentage, going to a cut could help that. Yep. So, yep. yeah. Um, and then maybe if you're just sick of eating the amount that you're eating and you want to lose a little bit so that you don't have to eat so much every day. Like, again, yeah. if you have more mass, you're going to have to eat more. And so somebody yeah. like like Eddie Hall, who's, what, 300 plus pounds, yeah. he gets down to like 225. He gets to eat a lot less calories That's, or yeah. he has to eat a lot less calories and a lot less food. And sometimes eating a lot of food every day. I have to eat 3000 calories every day to maintain yeah. my weight. It's a lot of food. Yeah. It's I a agree. lot of food. You know? my, my also thought is like, if you're having to ask if yourself, if you need to go into a cut, you probably don't like, unless you you've gotten your, you know, blood work done from your doctor and everything looks good health wise. If you're having to like debate, should I go into a cut? You're you probably don't. It sounds like you're pretty satisfied maybe with where you're at. Maybe you're thinking, should I, because maybe I'd want to look a certain way, but it sounds like if you're having to ask the question. You probably just stay at maintenance. So I, it's really I, a personal preference thing other than health. So. Yeah. And I, and I also do want to say that like, it is totally okay to pursue fitness and, and all this for strictly aesthetic goals. Yeah. I, I, very true. That has been so like almost vilified lately yeah. that it's like, oh, fitness and nutrition, this should be just for health and, and like aesthetics. That's not what we're doing this for. It's like, if you want to look better naked, you go on, yeah. you go on, who cares? Yeah. You go on, you go lose some weight. You go lose a little bit of body fat. You go lift some weights. You go build up your glutes or your shoulders or whatever the, yeah. whatever the hell you want to do just because you want to look better. I am in 100% support of that. Nobody yeah. gets to decide why you are pursuing a goal. Yeah. nobody if yeah. it is if it is for your own just so you look sexier in the mirror or something like that great if it is for vengeance great i don't i do not <laughs> care what the purpose is yeah. i do not care that is your prerogative that is your decision yeah, yeah. obviously you want to keep that in the healthy range of reasons you know what yeah, I mean? sure, but sure. yeah yeah i'm just gonna throw that in there just to make sure we're covering yeah, just bases to, but yeah throw a disclaimer yeah no but that. i agree with i agree with you like it it's you know other than health reasons everything else is personal it's you you get to decide if you want to lose body fat for the whatever only the reason, reason i'm still lifting I'm at a healthy amount of muscle. I'm at a healthy body fat percentage. The only reason yeah. <laughs> I am still lifting is because I want to get bigger because I think it's cool. Aesthetically, that's it. Yeah, aesthetically it looks cool. Yeah. Yes, that's yeah. it. Agreed. Yeah. I cool. love this next question. 
Um, how would you stay motivated when your spouse slash partner isn't? Go for it. Um, I just think this is a really, really, I don't have like a really strong answer. Yeah. But I thought it was a really good question. Um, it's tough, you know, yeah, especially when you don't have the support of somebody that's like living inside your house, especially with like nutrition, where like making two separate meals is very difficult. So what I would encourage the person that you're living with is maybe just like, some low level education on the importance of protein or low yeah. level education on the importance of fiber. Or maybe it's just like a sit down conversation. Like, Hey dude, I love you. And I want to like, I want to, I want you to live for a, a long time. And yeah. it feels like I've been like consuming this content, you know, or I've been like kind of learning about this stuff. And I think you should be moving more each day, or I think you should get your yeah. weight under control, your eating patterns under control. So maybe it's a tough conversation that you got to have. Yeah. Or maybe it's just realizing that like their path is very separate than yours and it's okay. Yeah. That That is okay. You know, yeah, like totally. I want to be as jacked as possible. Maddie could not give two shits about that. <laughs> she is lifting because she knows it's healthy for her. Yeah. So she like comes and, you know, I, I write her a rough program yeah. kind of thing right. that she follows three days a week and works out for 20, 30 minutes at a time. And like, right. that's fine. But yeah. I'm trying to get as jacked as humanly possible without taking steroids yeah. And so it's like, for, for me, it's just like, we're on two totally different wavelengths, but yeah. I've always been the competitive type. That's like, I need to do yeah. everything to the best of my ability. Yeah. Um, yeah. Maybe it's a tough conversation. Maybe it's yeah. just like realizing that, you know, they're not going to follow yeah. you on this one. I think my thought process is, is like one, you're using the word motivated. Like, how would you stay motivated? So how you're saying, how would you stay feeling like doing what you need to do when your spouse and partner doesn't feel like doing what you need to do? I think right away you need to take out you know, the motivation over discipline as cheesy as that sounds is like, you're not going to always feel like doing the steps that you need to do to, to, to get to the goals that you have. And especially your partner doesn't have the same goals as you. Of course, they're not going to feel motivated to do it because they don't have those same goals. Now yeah. let's assume both of you guys have the same goals and one and that your spouse is, you know, not good at helping to push you. And you're really the one that's pulling it. It's really finding that balance between, okay, you know what? We really need to go to the gym today. I don't want to go to the gym. My spouse doesn't really want to go to the gym, but I know I need to go for my health. And so I'm going to pull us to the gym and have that discipline to go. Or I'm going to say, Hey, I'm going to the gym right now. If you want to come with me, you can, but I'm not going to have my goals be dependent on how you're feeling. And so I think it's really trying to figure out one, getting that motivation word kind of out of your vocabulary. I mean, it's nice to feel like doing something, but you just have to realize if you only went to work whenever you feel like, felt like it, you wouldn't have a job right now. You know what I mean? If you only, you know, picked up your kids from school when you <laughs> felt like it, you would probably have child protective, protective services. services. Yeah, knocking on your <laughs> yeah. door. Like there's a lot of things in life that you don't feel like doing every single day. I don't feel like taking Kahlua out to go to the potty every single time she goes to the potty because it's 102 degrees outside. But she would pee all over the apartment and she'd have a urinary tract infection. Like there's a lot of things I do because I'm not motivated to do it. And so I think it's hard when your spouse is and I will, I will put that there. Like it is difficult, but like, I think you need to find like, this is your personal journey and you need to act disciplined for yourself. And if your spouse is along with you, that's awesome, but you can't make them want what you want. And again, if your goals are separate, they're not going to be motivated for your goals specifically because they're your goals. Yeah. I think and the I other part to this, oh, oh, sorry, do you want, do you want to add to that real quick? Okay. The other part I was thinking about, there's a difference between your spouse isn't motivated and being supportive. You can have a very, very supportive spouse, even though they're not motivated as well. So I think that's also having a tough conversation uh, with, again, I don't know if you and your spouse are both trying to build muscle or both trying to lose weight. So I think this depends, but it's like, if your spouse isn't trying to do the things that you're doing, saying, Hey, 
I really just need your support. And so if you could, you know, watch the kids every Saturday morning, like if you can get up at seven when I get up and then watch the kids so I can go to the gym, that would mean so much that I have your support in this. So I think if you don't have a spouse that either wants the same goals as you or is motivated like you, at least knowing that you have their support, I think is huge. Yep. And then if they can give that support in ways that you're asking for it, I think is huge. So that was kind of my take on it. I think it's hard to answer when I don't know if your spouse and partner's goals are aligned with yours, because I think that's different if you both yeah. are trying to pursue the same thing, but one's kind of pulling you back while you're trying to push forward. And I think if that is the case, that is the, the situation, just have an honest talk with your spouse saying, Hey, look, you're really a Debbie Downer every single <laughs> day going to do this, you know? honestly, and be like, it doesn't feel supportive. Like it's really pulling me back. So I think we need to go at this maybe a little bit separately. I'm going to focus on, you know, getting to the gym four times a week and maybe we need to figure out our schedules on that. But, or, Hey, can you get on board with me? And, you know, even though you don't feel like it, let's just both commit. Hey, we're going to the gym at 6am every single day, whether they feel like it or not. It's just having those communication is the biggest thing you can do in, in marriage and dating and all that. So yeah, I, you know, I, I, I would always ask them like, like maybe if they're not feeling motivated, maybe your drive for this is like so high and theirs just isn't as high. So set attainable goals for them. I mean, literally yeah. treat them like you're a coach and they're your client. It's like, yeah. where do we got to meet them in order yeah. to make this feel realistic? And maybe it's as simple as just like, Hey, could you just have a protein shake once a day? Like yeah. literally it could be that simple or like, yeah. Hey, could you go for a walk with me? Like, I feel like a walk yeah. is so attainable for anybody. It's like, it's a great way for you to catch up and like talk about your day. So just go for a yes. walk. Yes. Sage and I love going on walks together. It's so, yeah. so nice to have that quality time together. Maddie and I talk about life. our finances every single time. We're like looking at like our investments and like, really? I'm like I, yeah, I'm reading them off. It's like, that was like we our Zillow morning thing for a while. Together. Nice. We'll just like watch and we'll like Zillow and be like, they should really redo that. They yep. should redo that. Oh, like, yeah. We have any say in that kind of stuff, but we love looking at houses when we walk. So I, I handle funny. most of the finances, like investing and stuff like that for, yeah, for yeah, our yeah. household. And so I'm like filling in Maddie with like almost like the daily report. I like, love that. Here's, here's how the fine, here's how the stocks team have, meeting. Yeah. Team E yeah. meeting. Yeah. Team E. Team meeting. Yeah. yeah. If you don't know, my last name is pronounced Team E. So we make a lot of plays on that. Yeah. Um, all right, next, uh, how does Alex and Bree's workout programs you can subscribe to differ? So she's talking about our group training programs. Um, yeah. what is yours? The damn strong club or did you name it that? Yeah. No, I didn't. It's just BRF training program. There's no okay. specific name to it, but it's okay. just Brianna Ray fitness training program. So pretty much all my stuff is like the A team because Alex yeah. team me, team me. So the A team, um, my, I mean, how do they differ? I mean, both of ours, I, we have very similar we follow the same strength and muscle growth principles. That's yes. very important to note is like Brie and I have, we understand the same principles. We know the same knowledge, you know, for the most part. Um, how would you say they're different? I'll be honest. I don't think they're super different. I don't if I'm going to be really honest, be, I just don't. I think I like don't either. you talked a, a minute ago how you don't really do barbell squatting stuff. I yep. like doing squats. And so yep. I, I do the work. So that's maybe one different. I do the workouts yep. that I prescribe. Obviously, Alex has talked about how he has a lower training volume with his schedule, with his life right now. And so he, he doesn't do the program. Doesn't mean he wouldn't do it. He absolutely, right. he's programming his group program, how he would schedule, yes. he would program anyone that has these goals. Yes. And I'm doing the same. And so I do mine specifically, but I think for the most part, we follow the exact same 
training principles. There is probably nothing really different. So if you like Alex more, do Alex's. If you like me more, do mine. Like, yeah. Or subs- try, try to subscribe. We both have seven day free trials. Subscribe to one, subscribe to the other, try them both out, see which yeah. one you like more. And there you go. We'll say that's one thing that's probably different that we can talk about now. Um, this podcast will come out when my enrollment is closed, but Alex mm. is always open to enroll whenever you want. Mine closes. Um, so go ahead and try Alex's first, see how you like it. And then when mine opens for enrollment again, uh, which will be, let's see, by the time this podcast, the 31st of July, it'll be open for enrollment again. Then you can hop in mine for a week, see if you like it better, and then kind of make your decision from there. So yeah. And uh, hopefully by the end of this year, Bree and I will be combining both of these things. Yeah. Our, our, our ultimate goal is to combine for sure, but yep. we just don't have the, again, our goal is at least by the end of this year, if not beginning of next, but just, you know, we're, join we're building our own and... app and I'm sure you guys have heard about it. We're building our own app. And so it's going to have every single thing that it currently has. And yeah. I mean, so much more and the yeah. price will be very, 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 very competitive with what both of our prices are right now. Um, yeah. So we're just really excited about it. Just want to plug that in there that like eventually we will, it'll all be under the same house, me and yep. Bree's stuff. Yep, exactly. So at the end of the day, just pick them, try them and see which one you like. Yep. So uh, next one's fra- favorite pre-workout snack. Like if you're eating it five minutes before you lift. I feel Protein like we shake and two Rice Krispie treats and a teaspoon of salt. Okay. I like just grabbing like two Oreos or three Oreos and just eating them. Yeah. Anything just like really high carby, you know, just crushing it. I probably want to do for me personally, I don't know if I do a protein shake just because I think I'd feel too full for me personally. I very much just like eat something just either if I'm a little bit hungry just to get that gone and then I'll eat my my protein shake after. So yeah. And I I do the fair life protein shake. So those go a little bit smoother than like the protein powder. Yeah. Um, Good point. Like the, like the, powder protein does feel a little like it gives me like like sloshy stomach a little bit you know yeah i agree yeah um but yeah i just do a fair life protein shake two rice crispy treats a teaspoon of salt um i'm gonna add just like a small disclaimer of like this teaspoon of salt i do it like a tequila shot lick the back of my hand salt on top lick it off take some water down it probably marginally helps with a pump maybe helps with a little bit of clarity but i would not recommend it to the general public you're getting enough salt in your diets as is talk to your doctor before adding salt especially people who deal with high blood pressure don't be it's almost guaranteed that you should not be adding salt on top of yeah unnecessarily i should say yeah you're probably getting enough salt and sodium in general from eating your food this is a very specific thing that i am going to be transparent about but like i wouldn't recommend most people do that yep so i think it's pretty simple I like Oreos or like frozen cookie dough, rice krispie treats. Those are all things. Something that can digest very fast, something low in fats and fiber so that, you know, because otherwise digestion is going to slow down a lot and might mess with you. But someone just put, I really like using Macrofactor. That's it. They knew that you needed to plug your uh, your code. Macrofactor, use code Alex for a two week free trial. uh, Why don't you explain what that is? Yeah. I mean, I'll keep it brief. It's a, it's a diet coach. It's a diet app that allows you to track your calories. The huge benefit to it is that it, uh, charts your expenditure over time, your calorie expenditure. So you know exactly how many calories you're burning, um, every day. So like right now I can go into my phone, look at how many calories I'm expending. It gives me a goal target, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, I just checked my phone cause I was going to pull it up and I just got a a client that texts me thumbs up. I'm excited to work with you because I told her she'd be a thumbs up. When, so that's pretty Yay, exciting. I love that. Yeah. yeah. So use code Alex for two-week two week free week trial. Free, two-week free, yep. Tri- yep. free trial. Yep. 
Sorry for uh, that ad read. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> At this point, we need them to sponsor the podcast and we can just do a... Uh, I wonder. I could reach out to Greg. Reach out. Let's try it. Let's do it. Our first the fact that I just podcast. said, like, I can reach out to Greg Knuckles is yeah, like... I don't know if people, as, as people like yeah, you and me would know how substantial and pretty freaking cool that is. But yeah, Greg Knuckles is just like... Somebody on my... So I'm, I'm just going to... I'm just going to... Can I just say one more thing? Like gloating yes, for like right. one second? Because yeah. I know you'll appreciate this. Client that I was... New client applicant today that I was talking to. She says, um, yeah, I did Stronger You for a while, but when Mike left, it became a little bit too corporate feeling. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I love Mike. And she's like, you know, Mike, I was like, yeah, I guess he's like a friend of mine, like Mike yeah. Dola. Yeah. And like, that is like, wow, I'm I'm like, I'm making it. Like I've, I have all these crazy <laughs> connections and it's like, yeah. it's just so surreal. I'm so proud of It is of cool. Myself. And again, it's because you talk to people and you network so freaking well. Yeah. So yeah. I, I just it. say hi. I'm one degree just... removed from everyone by you. So what's, what'd you say? So I'm one degree removed from everyone by you. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'll You're the it. person who captivated me and I captivated everybody else. <laughs> there you go, exactly. Um, next one is intermittent fasting, yay or nay? Mm, I, I know like what you're going to say is probably context needed and I agree with that. But if we're looking at really blanket statement, I'm going to say, oh, I, I hate. I was going to be blanket, yeah. I'll say blanket statement, nay. Mine is just if you like context. if you really enjoy not eating breakfast, yay. If you like breakfast, nay. That's how yeah. simple I'm going to keep it. I, you know, I would actually go the other route of like, man, I don't know. We just came off of our longest fasting period, which is sleep. Yeah. The idea of pushing back, like spending more time in muscle protein breakdown, which in my opinion right now is, you can quote me on this in two years. I think muscle protein breakdown will be more and more important in research in two to three years from now. I think we're going to start seeing that trend away from looking at solely muscle protein synthesis and start looking at muscle protein breakdown to a higher degree. And if you have no idea what I'm talking about, don't worry about it. Like just, just eat your protein, spread, spread your protein target across three to four meals. Um, So intermittent fasting, if muscle growth is a goal, I think you have to be very clever about it. I think you should be starting your day with a high protein meal and then spreading out your protein evenly as possible. Yeah. Um, but if like maximum muscle growth is a goal, I would not recommend it. However, it can be a helpful tool for reducing calorie intake. The thing I don't like about it is that it um, it, it almost teaches you to ignore your hunger cues. And yeah. I'm not a big fan of that. Yeah, because you have such a small window to eat. And so you're like, well, I got to get my calories in. So I've got to push through kind of eating. And yeah. I don't know. I, I've also had clients who, I mean, one, don't enjoy breakfast, which is fine. But I've had sure. other clients where they physically, like when they would they would try to eat breakfast, they physically like would get ill. They would throw up every time yeah. they try to eat breakfast. I don't know what that's about. I don't know what their body's doing, but I'm like, <laughs> yourself breakfast then. You know what I mean? Like it's okay. Right. It's not that serious. Yeah, not that serious. It's okay if you wait till 10 or 11 a.m. to For eat sure. breakfast. Like, you For really sure. feel that nauseous in the morning when you're eating food. So, it's like, like you said, is it, could it be a helpful tool to reduce your calories? Potentially. Potentially. Yes. Potentially. Potentially. But some other people might overeat because of it. Yeah. And, but then you negate all your hunger cues. And then, like, well, what, what happens when you go on vacation? What happens when you don't have access to food during your intermittent fasting times? Like, it's just not, I don't think personally it's sustainable long term if you have things rigid going on, rules, so. rigid rules around food. I don't like whether it's what you eat, when you can eat. I do not like these rigid rules around food because I don't know if it teaches us as well as we could. Um, 
you know, how to, how to manage our, our intake. And I think if you can understand, have a very general understanding of intake, what you need, what you should be eating, just general patterns, you'll be better off because of it. And this is not one of the food eating systems or rules that allows you to kind of experiment with that in, yeah. in, in a way yeah. that I would like. Yeah, totally. Um, next one is any downside to adhering to weekly calorie goal versus daily goal, same overall cows eaten, I guess saying Out, like, you outside of ex Oh, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. I was just going to yeah. clarify the question. She's basically just saying, if you have a weekly calorie goal, let's say you're, you're trying to eat, I don't want to do that. Yeah. 2000 calories, 2000, 14,000 14, calories in a week. Yeah, yeah. Is it better to eat 14, make sure you're hitting 14,000 calories at the end of the week, or just make sure every day you're hitting 2000. And yeah. that's so what she's asking. Calorie cycling versus standard yes. calories across the week. And I would yep. say like outside of extreme situations, it's totally fine to focus on the weekly. I don't average. see any downsides. Like you said, yeah. outside of extreme, As, yeah. right. The only extreme I'm thinking is if somebody was like 600 calories, 600 calories, 600 calories, 4,000 calories. It's like, yeah. yeah, that's, but most people it's like taking away 10, 15, 20% of their calories and then allocating them to a day they like more. And that yeah. I'm totally cool with. Yeah. I don't see any downside to it at all. If anything, I see more upsides because then you could cycle during the week, have more flexibility on the weekends when you have social events. Yep. Again, outside of the extremes, like Al was just talking about where is it calorie cycling or is it a binge? Like, are you trying right. to eat a thousand calories a day so you can binge on the weekends? Sure. Outside of any, I think with any question we answer, like there's exceptions and extremes. To there will always things. be an, it depends, but yeah, it's always an, it depends, but no, I don't see any downside of adhering to, uh, honestly, that's what matters the, I mean, if you're hitting your daily goal, you're going to hit your weekly calorie goal. So what matters the most is that you're hitting that weekly calorie goal. So agree at the end of the day. So, um, cool. Okay. Last few coming in. No, we still have quite a bit more. Yeah. Yeah. But we, I think hey, some of these we can, shoot we can, through. we can rapid fire. Yeah. Um, go to snacks. I'll be honest. Oh, go ahead. I'll let you start. So I just did a fridge walkthrough the other day that has a uh -huh. bunch of high protein snacks uh -huh. though. I would go through that, but like hard boiled eggs, cottage cheese, Greek yogurt are some staples for me. Those are like my high protein snacks, uh, beef jerky, sometimes yeah. rice, crispy treats, rarely more when I'm in a bulk, less when I'm in a cut, yeah. um, protein shakes. Um, those are things that come to mind. I'm allergic to a lot of fruits. Otherwise fruit would be a big one for me. What fruits are you allergic to? So I really many, need dude. to do an episode of your allergies. I really want the breakdown of this because I don't even. Maybe know we should just do like a life episode and allergies is a chapter in there yeah, because like works. just an entire episode about my allergies would be so boring. Okay. Anyways, I think at least allergic to I don't a lot know. of fruit. Yeah, I don't know. I find it fascinating. You're allergic. I had a client who was allergic to vegetables and fruit. I thought that was just mind-boggling that you're allergic to fruits and. Allergic to like chicken and turkey too. Went to the hospital right? because she accidentally had a carrot in her salad one time, and I was like, Yeah. Oh yeah. Like I knew it was no joke. I know allergies are no joke, but it was just. It's crazy that something so nutritious for you, you can be so deathly allergic to, you know? I send you a photo one time. I, I Back in like 2016, 2017, I had to go to the hospital because I thought I was having a heart attack. Uh -huh. um, and it was, and I was like giving my dad instructions on how to give me CPR because I thought oh like gosh. I was going to be like out any second. Yeah. And uh, so we get there, you know, they're trying to figure out what's going on. I'm in immense amounts of pain. The My back was covered in hives. I'll send you a pic after oh this gosh. if I remember. It was wicked. Yeah. There have been like a few run-ins like that that have been like really, really, really bad. Do you um, carry your EpiPens on you at all times when you go out? Like out I, and about? You know, this is going to be exemplary of America right now. Um, for so many years, I was too broke to afford new EpiPens. Yeah, which is sad. 
like January of this year, I bought a new EpiPen and felt like so good about it because I mean, it was like a couple hundred bucks, but like it was for the first time that like, I felt that well, I a couple had... hundred bucks with your, in- do you have insurance? Yes. You pl- yeah. It's a yes. couple hundred bucks with insurance. Right. And so yeah. it, it, and like, you know, I know there's, please don't send me messages about good RX and all this. Please don't send me messages about like, Oh, why are you not spending money on medicine? Please don't do yeah. any of that. That's too much. Um, and it's not like I didn't have a hundred dollars before January. It was just like, that was an expense that I felt that I didn't need. That's it. There's nothing yeah. deeper than that. Well, and people don't realize like EpiPens expire. So it's like- Yes, every year. So it's like, okay, I've gone five years without ever dealing with this. Maddie and I barely leave the house for food. Like when we do, it's like trusted restaurants only. Right. So it was just like a thing that I didn't need. We were traveling. So for vacation, I was like, you know, probably a good idea to have this updated. Yeah. But yeah, every time it's like a couple hundred bucks that I just throw away because I haven't used them, which is- Yeah, and if you don't have insurance, it's like seven, eight hundred, maybe even a thousand dollars, something like that, I think. It's insane. So- Anyways, back to go-to snacks. I think you listed most of yours. Yep. I'll be honest. I'm not a big snacking person as much as I used to be. I used to be like, I'm the snack queen. I love snacks. I can never stop snacking. But I now realize if I just make my meals more filling and more higher in calories, I I stop snacking as much. So my biggest go-tos are honestly, like I have here on my desk, a bowl of, it's um, strawberries, blueberries, granola, and yogurt. When I'm in a cut, I'll usually take out the granola because that's higher in calories. Yep. But that's pretty much my big go-to apart from shakes, protein shakes and bars. But other than that, I just pretty much usually in a cut, I take whatever calories that I to go towards a snack. I throw that to my meals and I'm just more satiated throughout the day that I don't feel these need for snacks. So there really is like a snack being thrown in. It's typically something I'm craving. So if it's like a couple Oreo cookies or frozen um, cookie dough. But I just, apart from those three, I don't really snack that much anymore. So. Yeah. I hate to say that because I'm sure she's looking for some more answers, but that might actually help in you know, that reality almost, too. This isn't a meal, but I see you either making sandwiches or soups. I know those are meals, not snacks, but like- Yes, correct. Yeah, but those are so filling they're for so me. so easy and easy to put easy. together. Sandwiches yeah. are so filling for me and um, soups are really too. I think all that liquid just sitting yeah. in and it's like, I have like lentils with high fiber oh, and nice. then the protein. Yep. It's honestly really filling. So yeah, I just always make sure my meals are filling. Uh, um, next, have you tried allergy shots for your food allergies? I don't know if that's possible, but maybe, um, I don't know. No, <laughs> I haven't looked yeah. into it. Yeah. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna either. It's fine. okay. Um, what's your favorite workout? Probably asking like exercise is what I'm mm, thinking. Favorite exercise, maybe like a, uh, it's tough. Maybe a, uh, man, it's tough. Maybe a wrist. What about right now in this moment in the last like month, what's been your favorite exercise? Maybe a maybe a wrist height cable lateral raise either that or a she or that or a upper arm supported bench supported preacher cable curl maybe okay one of those mine two. mine's no cheat curls i have been obsessed with those lately doing a lat pull down machine yeah where you stick yeah. your arm against it yeah no cheat the curls pad. and then yeah. i really love oh walking lunges that's got to be an all time i love walking lunges you're crazy so. for that do what? You're crazy for that. I mean, that's yeah. like badass. Like that you like Thanks. walking lunges. Like that's. that's I don't know. I just. Yeah, I like them. They feel badass. You got you to dig deep. You got to dig deep to get those. You, you do. Know? Like you yeah. really got to push through, and it's kind of nice that you're not stagnant because I feel like the fact sure. that you're moving helps to process through the pain. Yeah, you're like you're like I'm going to that distance. Yeah. Kind of thing. Yep. And so because yep. when you're just stagnant doing like deficit reverse lunges, which I love those as well, but like 
you you're stagnant. Like it's pushing through that pain's harder than when you're moving. You're so focused on like taking the next step forward that you don't have a lot of time to feel think about how much pain you're in, you know? Leg extensions for me. I love Ooh. leg extensions. I could do those every day. Yeah, I love leg extensions too. Those yeah. are good. Those are just like it's such a just you just focus on the output, you know? But I think yeah. wrist height cable lateral raise, you know, I love my delts, you know, gotta yeah. gotta keep building those things. So just yeah. I just hammer them, you know? Yeah. I love that. Um, next one. This is very sweet. Why are you both so cool and have such nice mindsets to fitness? I don't know who to hire as my future coach. Oh, it's really nice. That's that is like, so sweet. I that's love really, that. really sweet. Um, man, who you would just you hire? Us both at the exact same time. Yeah. Yeah. Just, <laughs> just dig deep into those pockets and hire us both and see yeah. what, <laughs> see what pans yeah. out. I, I guess the only thing I want to say to this one is like, if you don't know who to hire, like you also realize you can get on calls with us both. Yeah. And, oh like, my God. Yes. To us and see what would be better I have you. told people that I've talked to that I want you to talk to Brie as well. And I want everybody to, listening to know that like, Brie and I have such high respect for each other Do. that anybody that we want really good results, we would feel comfortable either coaching them themselves or handing them off to the other person. Yeah. If there is ever a client that I think that I may not be a good fit for, the first person that I recommend is Brie. And that is, that is no question in my mind. I respect her brain as a coach. I respect you as an individual on a yeah, personal yeah, level yeah. as well. Yeah. You're one of my best friends. Well, thank you. But um, as a coach, she knows her shit. And so like, I feel just as comfortable referring somebody to her as I would taking care of them myself. Yeah. If I die tomorrow, all my clients are coming to you, just so you know. So I am screwed <laughs> because my workload just got insane. No, I guess that's my point. And just saying like, ditto to everything yeah. you said. Like yeah. if I died, I'd be like, well, this is in my will. It just says if I, all if my I all stopped, clients go to. <laughs> if I stopped coaching, I'd be telling everybody like, please work with Brie. Yeah. So just get on a call with both of us. You really, if you really need to just kind of sure. talk to us and feel it out. And if you still don't know, I don't know, just like DM us, right? make a pros and cons list or something, or just yeah. figure out how to pay for us both. <laughs> and yeah, it, yeah. If you do a pros and cons list, please share it with us. Send please share the us, cons please. with us, especially. I yeah. need to see what my cons were. I, I need to be see. Offended, offended either. No, I wouldn't be offended if people were like, ah, oh, Alex just sounds like a douche, you know, like Bree <laughs> yeah. sounds like so nice and uplifting and Alex sounds like a hard ass. I'd be like, yeah, I get it. Whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> there you go. Um, next one is single leg glute. I don't know how this is a question. Oh wait, maybe I do. Single leg glute activated exercises besides clamshells. Okay. So they're asking for exercise besides clamshells that are single leg that activate your glutes. Sure. And, and I want to, I want to be a little bit particular about the language here. I'm just going to be yeah. a little bit stick in the mud on this. I like that. Um, no. your, your glutes are always activated. You know, there are no specific exercise that you have to do. Like, let's say you're doing a hip thrust down the road. You doing the hip thrust, the bar will not move unless your glutes are activated. Your glutes are yeah. always activated. If you're standing up straight, your glutes are activated. Yeah. If you're squatting down, your glutes are activated. So you don't need to do any of these. Like it's kind of been like a buzz around like the last five years through these like activation drills. And while yes, there might get a little bit more blood flowing there, they aren't going to make subsequent exercises more potent or more effective for right. the muscle that you're air quote activating. So um, if we're just talking about like glute biased, single leg glute biased exercises, that's a whole other conversation that we could definitely get into. Do you have any in mind? Um, I kind of understand this activation thing because the okay. whole point of her, she wasn't asking like what are good yeah. exercises sure. to do for glutes. Fair. So Fair. if we want to try to not go on too many tangents, make this too long, I think what you said exactly, keep going down the activation thing. Do you have more to add to that or do you? Okay. No. I, I was just going to 
say what, you know, Alex said, the fact, if you're walking into a gym, your glutes are activated. So you don't need to do anything. The best use of your time activating your glutes, I'm doing quotations, there's not activation, would be warm up sets, right? So the whole reason you would, you would be, the the intention behind this whole activating your glutes is that your glutes are working better in a certain exercise. You know, the best way to make sure your glutes are ready to handle the load (laughs) and go is do the damn exercise you're going to do. Do the exercise, yes. It, with a lighter weight. With and a lighter so weight. Yep. There is a thing to warm up. Warm up is totally a thing. I think people take activation like warming up when that's yep. not, I would say this the same. If you're going to warm up, it's good too, because one, you lubricate the joints really well. And yep. then you get your neuro, you neurologically ready to be lifting some weight. And so doing yep. one or two sets with a lower amount of weight for the exercise you're about to do, you don't need to do it for every exercise you're doing on, on a glute day. No. One, maybe two exercises, depending on what you're doing, yep. warm up one or two sets and you're good. Your glutes have been activated the second you got out the bed out of bed that morning. You don't need to activate them anymore. So yep. agreed. Um, cool. I guess uh, just like some single leg glute exercises, uh, yeah. uh, not activation, uh, cast glute bridge, B stance, single leg yeah. B stance is uh, preferred for me just for, you know, kickstand, a little bit of balance. Um, glute medius kickbacks. You know, yeah. those are great. Single leg, leg press. Those would be phenomenal. B-stance RDLs would be great. Yeah. Yeah. Single that's... leg. You said, you said glute bridge, but I guess single leg, like hip thrust, I guess you could sure. say that, you know, yeah, that would be sure. a good one too. Yeah. Yeah. I, I like I guess glute you could bridge. somehow single like, leg like 45 cast... degree hip extension. What? Yeah, you could. You could bend one. Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah it'd be, it, I don't know. It'd be, it'd, I'm it'd be, that'd be crazy. Yeah. I feel like the twisting, you might like twist around the hips a little bit. I'm going to try it next time at the gym and see if I can Yeah. Send me a video if it's like kind of cool or not. Um. Yeah, those come to mind, but like, I don't know if that's what you're looking for. So we'll leave yeah. it there. Um, okay. Next one is cardio on lifting days or keep them separate. Depends on the intensity for me personally. I would say yeah. like if they are on the same days, I would do your lifting first. Like always put what your priority is first. For most people, that's going to be muscle growth and strength development before your right. cardio gains. Um, you know, I think on leg day, especially going in from like a leg day to like a run or a bike. I'm not going to say there's like a huge interference effect because as we keep getting farther into the research, it feels like there's less and less and less of an interference effect. Yeah. But like on the off chance that there is a small interference effect, I'm not doing a run immediately after a leg day personally. Um, If there's hours between it, it's probably fine. If the, if the intensity is very low, like it's just walking, there's probably no interference effect at all. Yeah. Um, I think the one I agree with everything you said. And the one thing I'll add is like, also, what kind of time do you have in your hands? Are you like, mm. you work 80 hours a week and you have three days a week that you can work out this exact time. And you can't split up your cardio from your lifting. Mm. Okay. Then your only choice is to do them on the same days that you lift. So prioritize your lift and then do it after. Um, but yeah, I think if you could, I mean, like you said, on the off chance, there could be some effect you know, keep them separate, especially if like, you're, you're like, okay, my goal is to like run a half marathon. And then also probably you're definitely going to want to do them on separate days. But if you're just like, Hey, I'm running like a mile after I lift, just run the mile after you lift. Don't, don't separate them out. That's fine. Like you said, it, it, so all of our questions, it depends on what the specific scenario is. So, um, last question. I'll let you read it. Uh, it was, it was too long, so it couldn't fit in the box. So she asked, does it negatively impact muscle growth to train a muscle lifting and then do another workout Pilates, for example, the next day that also does some training of the same muscle group thinking, uh, this because it would delay recovery. So she's asking like, if you do like a leg workout or something like that, and then you go do Pilates and it's a lot of leg stuff. The next like, day. Yeah. The next yeah. day, 
will that interfere with muscle growth? And man, I hate to say it depends, but like it it depends. And I think the thing that I'd be looking at is like intensity, you know, if like, if at any point the intensity of your exercise is, let's say you plan on doing two leg days per week and you plan on doing them Monday and Thursday, let's just throw it out there. Okay. And on Monday, you have a pretty hard leg day. Tuesday, you go do Pilates. And that was just like, that on top of the leg day was way too much. And now you're so sore that you can't even do the leg day or you're performing at a lower potential for that. Yeah, that would be an issue. Um, So I think if you plan on doing Pilates the day after and it's consistently program with that in mind, maybe don't do legs like right before. Although I guess if you go to this Pilates class, she probably doesn't know exactly what muscle groups you'll be working. You know what I mean? Like sometimes, you just show you, sometimes they give you a preference, like a, a, you know what you're going, like spin classes, mm. you'll kind of know what you're going into. They have a title yep. for the class. Yeah. And I feel like Pilates is a lot of full body stuff. Um, but again, like you said, intensity. I mean, some of it's, you know, it depends what it is, but it's a lot of core work. And so when it comes to your upper body, like you're, I'm not trying to like shit on Pilates. And like Pilates is hard. Like I'm not trying to say Pilates isn't hard. It's just like different than lifting hard. Yeah. I I just, I'm trying, I feel like upper body is nowhere near as intense in Pilates. It's more like your core and your lower body that's more intense. So it's like, like you keep saying, it just an, it depends scenario of like what you're going into with Pilates, but I'll let you keep going. I kind of interrupted there. So no, no, no. I I think, I think everything that you said is like basically the route I was going to go. I don't think, I I don't think I have anything additional that I want to say. It's like, Unfortunately, yeah, it, it just depends. And if it's if it's interrupting with your recovery from like, you'll know. Yeah. Let me just say that you will know. And how you'll know is because you won't be able to walk or the next time you try to do a leg day or upper body day or whatever it is that's interfering, like you'll be sore. And muscle might be yeah. sore to touch. It might be sore like to move. And if you're not able yeah. to train at, you know, 90% plus, you know, capability and, and that's be due to the Pilates the next day. It's like, yeah, you might want to dial your back either the Pilates. Terrible just, too. If your sleep is terrible. Yeah. If your yeah. energy is really low. Yeah. It's like, these are things that I'd be looking at that you might want to dial back the intensity of one or both things. Yeah. I think it also, you know, so does it potentially really just depends on the scenario. And I think you also have to look at, you know, what trade-offs are you willing to take again, back to the, to the example of if you work 80 hour weeks and you get two days a week to work out and you can do a lower body and a plotty days back to back, and that's all you have available, then you may just have to do that and take some of the negative impact, but just know that you're, you're going to build some muscle, just not recover probably as well. And like Alex said, adjust for the intensity and probably have to program around that. And you know, figure it out from there. So, and and let's say that this Pilates isn't that intense. I've heard Pilates is pretty intense. I've never personally yeah. done it. Um, but if it's not intense and it's almost just like some nice little flows, some nice little movements, like yeah, dude, at worst case, not at worst case, but like it might help recovery. I'm not saying yeah. like do Pilates to improve your recovery. That's not at right. all what I'm saying. It's just right now what we have in recovery science in my opinion, is pretty limited on conclusive like evidence. Yeah. Um, Colby Souza was my powerlifting coach. He's doing a PhD in Auckland um, yeah. on active recovery. And it was like two years ago that he was basically like, maybe walking helps a little bit. I think yeah. he said this, don't quote me. Sorry, Colby, if I'm messing it up. But I think he was like, walking might help a little bit, but it's not yeah. super promising. But I think he still had to do his study or something like that. I don't remember. Yeah. All that to say, um, yes, it could potentially delay recovery. It just depends on what your setup is. Yeah. So. Or it could help recovery. Who knows? Yeah. We, it's tough to say, and it really depends. Yeah. But again, if your only option is to do Pilates, like you just, 
yeah, it, it just kind of depends, I think, on like the Pilates day, what the focus is on. Again, if it's like the Pilates day you're going is core and booty or something day, well then, okay, let's do your lower, let's do your upper body day on the day yep. before yep. and then do your Pilates that next day and just try to situate as optimally as you can. But then if your life doesn't allow for that, then just, you just do your best. Do your you know? best. Yeah. So cool. All right. Let's wrap it up. That was there, our huh? last question, wasn't it? That was. Cool. Awesome. Well, you have anything else you want to add closing out or? No, this was a really fun podcast. Thank you to everybody yeah. who asked the questions. Um, this was a really good one. Yeah, this was a lot of fun. I like that we did um, some fun questions. Answering you know, some everything. Silly, yeah. yeah, yeah, I love the fun questions. Those are great. So yeah. um, as always, if you guys are listening to this episode, please make sure to screenshot and share it on your stories and tag us. It really It's a free way to help support us um, so we can get the word out and have more people listen to our podcast. Yep. Um, anything else you want to say wrapping up? No, I, I I think I think the last thing is like, I think I got a client from this podcast. So like, you guys you screenshotting and sharing it and getting new viewers and listeners for us like it seriously helps us grow our business. I mean, it It sounds it sounds silly. But like, it's, it's a really massive push when you vouch for us and your followers, even if you have 50 followers, they see like, oh, there's a fitness nutrition podcast that that person recommends. I'll check it out. Yeah, it means totally. a lot. So thank you to all the listeners. Thank you for sharing it. Thank you for giving us five stars. Um, that's it for yeah, me. Yeah, I appreciate it. Well, you guys all have a great rest of your week and we'll see you on the next episode. Take Bye. care, guys.